Welcome back to another edition of the EDBC podcast. Eric Dobratz and Brian Coleman. And Brian, this might have been maybe my favorite weeks of the NFL so far, just because you had a lot of good games. I know your team wasn't part of that this weekend, but man, lots to talk about on week uh, 13 of the NFL, right? Tis the season to be jolly if you took, you know, a road dog. <laughs> hey, listen, I don't want to. one of those gambling types. I don't want to talk about picking games because this was not the weekend for me, but man, I had fun watching. I mean, that's. Game just ended. We're taping this on a Sunday night, 7.30 at night, and we just watched the Giants beat the Seattle Seahawks. And remember when Russell Wilson was going to be the runaway MVP of this league? What happened to that? Wow. Yeah, that, that's over. You know uh, what I mean? Yeah, the two stories going on here. First of all, we'll go with the Giants. And, yeah, yeah great win by them. Colt McCoy, he didn't do, their backup quarterback, play, playing for Daniel Jones. He didn't have to do a lot. He just didn't have to mess it up, and he didn't. He really didn't. I don't think he had one pick, but it was – you know, not early in the game. And Giants defense played great. Uh, they, you know, they, they played smart. They didn't do too many dumb things. And they let Seattle do some stupid stuff. And Seattle looked terrible. I mean, we knew the Seattle defense was not great. It's been bad for most of the season. But it was more today, you know, we, we talked about it a few minutes ago before we went on the air and started taping. Uh, remember when Russell Wilson was going to, was like the runaway MVP candidate, as you asked me? I said, yeah, yeah it seems like a while ago. You know, it's like I've heard a lot of people say this about the Giants, but they're, you know, they, they win today. So they're five and seven, four straight wins, 17, 12, the final. It, what a difference. Listen, I, Joe Judge looks like he knows what he's doing. I know you were not a big Jason Garrett fan, but he seems to have a good handle of the talent he has on the team and how to utilize it, I think. And that has a lot to do with their success. I just think Patrick Graham, their defensive coordinator, when's the last time the Giant defense played like the Giant defense? Leonard Williams looks like Leonard Marshall right now. You know what I, mean? I know. No, you're right. All, all around. And I never, yeah, I think, you know, I think Jason Garrett is an offensive coordinator. I, I don't have any qualms about that. And I think he's done a decent job. They, look, if they play smart, they don't do, do, they don't do a lot of stupid things. Um, you know, and they can't take care of the football. Great. But you're right. The defense, I've been really impressed by the defense because that, you know, looking at their roster and just looking at quote unquote talent, nothing jumps out at you. And I thought the, I was like, a lot of people thought the Leonard Williams trade was ridiculous last year. Thought I was kind of, you know, borderline uh, crazy. Maybe that's too strong a word to give him the, con the, the new contract. But yeah. he's played – you're right, he's played great. He's played yeah. great. And they, they, they knew – you talk about coaching. They knew that the underbelly of this uh, Seattle defense was obviously a shaky at best offensive line. That Then they had an injury and, then you know, had some backups in there. And they just, you know – they got pressure on Russell Wilson, and secondary played well. Bradbury, the guy they signed from – where did they sign him from? Carolina? Yeah, played, he played great. He's yeah. Played great. Yeah, he's played great. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, and, you know, defensive coordinator – I never heard of the guy before. Not a big-name guy, young guy, young defensive coordinator. He, you know, pretty soon will be one of those guys who's on the short list for head coaching jobs if this keeps up. It's really impressive. And he has a Connecticut connection. I don't know if you knew this. I did not. Patrick Graham was a coach at Bunnell High School in Stratford. Wow. Yeah. So I'm not sure the specifics when he was, but I know he uh, was a former coach. Not Benel, excuse me. I'm thinking the Bulldogs, Crosby High School in uh, Waterbury. Crosby High Water, School. Waterbury, Stratford, close enough. Yeah, Bulldogs. They're both Bulldogs. That's what I was thinking. That's fine. My, my bad. But yeah, Connecticut ties. But listen, man, 17-12, Giants are five and seven, four straight wins. They're going to win this division. Yeah, I was looking at their schedule, and this is supposed to, you know, this is supposed to be the tough part of their schedule starting with this game, which no, let's be honest, nobody gave them a chance. They were like a 13-point dog, road dog, especially once they lost Daniel Jones for this week. But, like, 
Yeah, they got the they get uh, Arizona at home next week. They got Cleveland at home two weeks from now. Then they wrap up with the Ravens. Get the Brown. Yeah, they got the Ravens. They got the Cowboys in Week 17 at uh, at their place. I mean, at at the Giants. Um, three, yeah, I mean they they are the all right in front of them. Three of the Giants' last four games are at home. You mentioned Cardinals, Cleveland, Cowboys, and they're on a road on the road at Baltimore. And at that point. This might just play into the favor because who knows what Baltimore will be even doing in week 16. Or week, you know what I mean? They, who knows? They may not even be playing for anything. So good for the Giants. They win 17-12. And then the other game, I actually picked them. One of the two or three games I got right today was the Patriots. And they just – you know what? Before I went to this game, I said to myself, all right, here we go. Young rookie quarterback. And then you right. have Bill Belichick versus Anthony Lynn. I'm going to go with the Pats. And super, 45 super nothing. Oh, my super, God. Super, super smart call. Uh, you know, I, I was tempted to think, like, is has there been a bigger home loss for a team than the Seahawks today, uh, this year? I'm like, I'm not even sure it was their home, worst home home team loss today. That was disgraceful. I mean, the special teams, and it was a big deal on NFL Twitter as it was happening. The special teams disaster that is the Chargers special teams unit. Oh, my goodness. They give up a punt return for a touchdown, which you rarely see anymore. Yeah, you have two two times they punted. They they had ten not not once twice they punted with ten men on the field. You're supposed to have eleven, I believe. As far as you know, as far as I know, they try a 58 yard field goal at just before halftime. Okay, fine, I give it a shot. Why not? They get that block and return for a touchdown. I it's just a disaster. <laughs> but I mean, you're right. Belichick against the rookie quarterback against Anthony Lynn, who's got to be. I mean, if he's fired tonight, is anyone surprised? No, I mean, but that, I, I never saw 45 nothing because, again, you look at paper, you go, well, at least, I mean, not talent wise, the, the Chargers got probably a little bit more on the Pats. They, you know, I didn't think it'd be that. I mean, I thought great call on the Pats, Pats winning, but like that? Yeah, and Cam Newton 12 and 19 for 69 yards and a passing touchdown, but then he nice. goes 14 for 48 on the ground with two touchdowns. So he's three touchdowns. I mean, it's just. And that's a great win for the Patriots. They're five, or excuse me, they're six and six now. I, you know what? As this, these teams start falling back a little bit. Never say never. You never know. You, never you know, know. You, know it, it, I, you, you don't know because stuff's, stuff's starting to fall back yep. and things are, things are getting mixed up a little bit. I mean, I don't think it could happen because we praised Baltimore a lot this year, and I don't think this will happen Tuesday night. But say Baltimore loses Tuesday night against the Cowboys, dude, they're six and six. Yeah. All of a sudden, remember, you know, they're right there at the Patriots. Yeah, it's crazy, man. Absolutely yeah. crazy. Uh, the other big thing in the afternoon, which, you know, we don't have to spend a lot of time on, but the idea that the Jets are down, what, 24 to 13 in the fourth quarter, score two touchdowns, take a 28-24 lead, stop the Raiders on defense, and then have to punt the ball away with, what, a minute and change to go? Raiders yes. with no, no timeouts. And the idea that the Jets – two things here the Greg Williams is known to be this brilliant defensive mind I just I think he's a lot like Buddy Ryan he's a bit of a bully coach but whatever the Jets almost give up a game-winning touchdown on one play and then on the next play they give up the game-winning touchdown Greg Williams decides to run zero coverage which basically means man-to-man in the secondary and blitz where the only thing bad that can happen is your man gets beat for a touchdown and what's happened they give up a touchdown it's almost like they wanted to lose the game Okay, well, well I'll, I know you can't. You're, you're in TV and whatnot, but I, I don't have – I'm not going to be burdened by it. And don't a- answer this, but did the Jets do that on purpose? 
No, I'll, I will answer it. I felt like they did. I, felt like, I don't, I've never seen a defense like that in that situation. Never. And you, we all get mad because we hate the prevent where you let a team go right down the field. But in that situation, the only thing you can lose on is a touchdown. You put five guys in the end zone. It's like, every, oh, t- every time we see a game like this, when it's like a team has to go for the Hail Mary with like a few seconds left, you're right. You see a whole bunch of – there's like all, there's three or four DBs 30 yards down the field. I have never, ever, ever – it was three on three, Eric. There was three receivers in the out, in the, out in the pa- on pass patterns and three defensive backs. They Seven guys blitzing and the linebacker – I guess the guy playing middle linebacker was like, was like in a zone. I don't know what he was – I've never seen that on that type of play. It was insane. I saw a stat on Twitter. Someone said of, they went and looked at all the analytics. That was the first time this season that in a position like that where the Jets had eight men in the box on a play like that. that was a and let's not there's only two there's only two answers to the question of what happened. A that was unbelievably unbelievable coaching mismanagement, like a fireable offense. And by the way, if you're the off, if you're the head coach and you're trying to win that game and you come out and you've still got a timeout, I think, unlike the Raiders, and you see your, your defense line up with that, you're calling timeout and telling going to your head, you're talk, talking to your defensive coordinator going, what the hell are you doing? What you are you heard, doing? He heard it in his headset. If he's got his headset on, he would have heard the call and said, whoa, whoa, what are we doing here, Greg? Let's not, let's rethink this. Time. I mean, we know, we, we've heard from the Jets beat writers and the people covering the Jets that Adam Gase literally does not pay attention to, to, to the defensive side of his ball, of, the, of his ball club. We know that, yeah. but still, uh, so yeah. Or the other question was, well, they don't, they didn't care if they lost or not. Maybe this works. Maybe it doesn't. If we get hit for a touchdown, so be it. But I mean, that was that was blatant. If it was, I mean, it was, just, it was unbelievable. We're, we've already spent too much time on it. Uh, game, it was funny, but <laughs> the other game that jumped out at me, and I, you mentioned the forty-five nothing with the Patriots. I think the other game that would be in the same um, league as that is the Cleveland uh, Browns going to Tennessee. And well, uh, I mean, it was a closer game than the final score, but oh my goodness, Cleveland just went down there and beat up Tennessee for three quarters before Tennessee made it close late. Baker Mayfield, man, had like four touchdowns in the first half, yep. 38 to seven. And then they, tri- you know, yeah, it, it was a little fingernail biting time at the end for Cleveland. I think they scored six points after the half, after halftime and Tennessee played better. But yeah, I did not see that coming. I did not, I, I did not see uh, uh, Seattle and Tennessee losing these games today. And Cleveland's nine and three. They still, Cleveland's nine and three and I still think they stink. I, I'm, I'm probably wrong. <laughs> So I'm driving around today, driving in, and, and someone on Sirius, I was listening to the Red Zone or Fantasy Channel or whatever I was listening to, and right. someone said, is, if Cleveland wins this game, they're going to be 9-3, and three, and is that the most underreported story in the league right now? I think they're right. It kind of feels like it is because it's hard for us to accept. If I had told to you, grasp that. If I had told you, if you had said to me at 1 o'clock today, what's the record of the Cleveland Browns? I would have probably said 7-5. and five. I, Yeah. I would have said I think I'm, I would have said seven and four, seven and five, yeah. Yeah. So, hey, that's a big win for the Browns, man. That was just one of those games, like you, like you said, they just they jumped all over them. And uh, other games that we, we talked about, the local teams, the Saints beat the Falcons, uh, the Lions come back to beat the Bears, which was a game which I thought of you because of your team. You know, you had the you have the the number six, and now they are five and seven, Brian. 
Five and seven. There you go. They're on. Hey, uh, I don't. Who's the? I don't even know. Uh, Daryl Bevel is that the name of the uh, the interim coach after they fired yep. Matt Patricia? It's yep. the Be- Bevel. If that's Bevel Bandwagon, if that's how you pronounce his name. And was he the? And he was the coordinator for the Seahawks, right during the Super oh. Bowl. Uh, yes, he was. He called the pass play. Yes, he did. Awful. Uh, talking about. Packers beat up the Eagles 30-16. to 16. Uh, The Rams beat the Cardinals. I didn't know what to do with this game. 38-20 at the final. I picked the Cardinals in the game just because I thought they were due for a win, but the Rams lost last week. I just You just can't tell with this NFC West. It's up and down. Rams, you know, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's looked like Seattle slinking back a little bit, Arizona slinking back a little bit, and the Rams are sort of moving ahead, and the Rams are kind of sneaky good. I saw some of this game on red zone today, and it wasn't super exciting for a lot of it. Yep. Rams ran the ball a lot. Looks like they were trying to keep Kyler Murray from having too much uh, chances to hurt him. So, but yeah, the Rams, uh, you're right. The NFC West is kind of wacky right now. See what happens with the Niners. They play the Bills tomorrow night, which is an, could be a decent Monday night game. Yeah. But to go back, I mean, let's talk about the NFC East, you know, uh, to go back to the Packers-Eagles game. Uh, Carson Wentz benched in this game. You know, I, I, I know that I don't care about the Eagles at all, as neither do you. I don't blame it all on him, to be honest with you. They've had horrible drafting the last couple of years. And, again, we don't have to get inside baseball, but they got 15 different offensive linemen. Their offensive line's almost as bad as the Cowboys' offensive line. It's horrible. He makes terrible decisions. But some of that's got to be in the coaching of the general manager. They, they, I don't know what they've done since they won a Super Bowl there. It seems like they've gone really far back. And he's been awful, and he's admitted so, but I don't think it's all his fault. I think you get a good, good line and some talent around him, and they'll be better. Could be a could be a quick fix. Uh, you know our guy that we like, we've ESPN and Twitter local guy here, Connecticut guy Dan Orlovsky, said earlier this week that Carson Wentz is just kind of broken and needs to be rebuilt. He yep. just doesn't have any confidence right now. So it's not all. I mean, he's played awful, but his support system's not there, and it's just weird. So, but I don't know what you do with him because he's making thirty five million dollars a year. You can't cut him. I don't think you can trade him. I don't know if Jalen Hurts is going to be any good. He did a nice, like, long touchdown pass today, but no. I mean, wow. Just... Other other uh, games of notes. I think I mentioned Saints beat the Falcons, Lions beat the Bears, uh, Dolphins beat the Bengals, Colts beat the Texans, and then uh, Broncos Chiefs play tonight. So looking for a big night from our buddy Patrick Mahomes in our fantasy league. And uh, you mentioned the two games. So let's go backtrack a little bit here before we uh, close this NFL segment, move on to something else. Ravens Steelers on a Wednesday afternoon at 3.40. Were you watching it? Were you into it? I was watching it. I couldn't get into it because the game sucked. Yeah, I hope you didn't bet it. Let's just go with that. I did not. Uh, you know, I love the idea of it. I, like you said, it was an awful game to watch. I was at work, oh. so I had some stuff to do in the office, so I was able to keep my eye on it a little bit. But, man, it was uh, just a you brutal know. game. But – you know what? The NFL can put games on anytime, and I'm going to watch them. So I know, but that 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 game tested that theory because that was Wednesday afternoon football blue, yeah. and somebody was like, uh, somebody was somebody on Twitter was saying like, oh, I had the sound down. Uh, it's Mike Tirico because it was the NBC Sunday Night crew doing the game. I guess they were originally supposed to have it when it was a Thursday night, so they got the game. It's like, oh, no, Al Michaels. Oh, Mike Tirico's doing this game, and I'm thinking to myself, if you think Al Michaels. Yes, in a freaking Wednesday afternoon in Pittsburgh. Are you insane? And flying from LA to Pittsburgh on a Wednesday during a snowstorm. That's we not- love Al, but read some of it. Read some research. Yeah. Al Michaels. <laughs> There's no effing way. He, he probably didn't even watch it the afternoon. If the Super Bowl was a Wednesday afternoon in Pittsburgh, he's not doing it. Yeah, and I guarantee he didn't watch it either. I'll tell you that right. Oh, he didn't watch one thing. Is it? Yeah, he's he's in Brentwood in California. He's golfing. He's on the eighth hole. 
Yeah, he's not he's not watching that. So, but yeah, uh, uh, please, we'll see what happens with two with uh, two Monday night games tomorrow and uh, a Tuesday night football game this week. The worst thing that can happen to the fan is that the NFL, because of this COVID thing, is going to like the idea of they, – they, there was talk years ago that they, they wish they could play five or six nights a week. So who knows what's going to happen going forward. But yeah, anyway, that'll, that'll do it for week 13. Good week at the NFL. As you mentioned, we've still got a couple more games on the, on the docket here. Uh, two Monday night, Cowboys-Ravens on Tuesday, and uh, Broncos and Chiefs tonight. Uh, we're going to take a quick timeout. Then we're going to come back and talk about college basketball and the craziness of that schedule the UConn Huskies got in one game this weekend they didn't get in a second one we'll talk about all that in a second Brian hey before we do that let's talk about Instacart I talk about them every darn week and it's great because you can get your groceries without leaving your family room sign up to Instacart by going to instacart.com and get your groceries delivered in as little as one hour and right now let's face it it's December we're, in the, we're getting into the cold and flu season we all know about COVID and how it just got to be super super cautious and Instacart's done something really, I think it's really cool. They've launched a program called the Senior Support Service. And the goal of the Senior Support Service is to help customers over the age of 60 order their groceries online so they can stay safe and stay healthy during this winter season. And that's something that's relevant to you or someone in your life. Super easy to sign up. Go to Instacart.com, sign up for an Instacart account. You'll see a link for the senior support service. Find out about it. It's super easy to set up. It could be a great help to you or someone you think could use it. And, you know, we say it every week about Instacart. Fresh groceries from both stores you know. You're not going to a store you've never heard of. You choose your local stores, professional shoppers. They're picking up the fresh produce. They protect your eggs. And, you know, it's, that's just that's important right now. Hey, guess what? You can get free delivery off, uh, off $35 off your first Instacart delivery when you sign up using the, the link found on the EDBC podcast. Oh, where's that, you ask? Well, click on one of our episodes. You'll see a link for Instacart.com. Click on that link. Get rolling with Instacart.com. Shop from home. Stay safe. Help your loved ones stay safe. Oh, and if you use that link, give a little up for the EDBC podcast. So choose Instacart.com this winter. I will do that. Instacart. And we're good. Do it. All right, hey, listen, college basketball, crazy schedule, UConn uh, men's basketball team. They've only played three games so far this year. They opened up the Big East season on Friday. Uh, they played a good game against USC on Thursday night. I was into it, uh, held on to win. USC had a couple looks at the buzzer to try to tie the game. Uh, Huskies, listen, they have a lot of talent. I still think they're a year away, but I think they're going to be fun to watch for the first time in, in a while, like real fun, and win a lot right. of games. Uh, they had their game canceled yesterday, which would be Saturday against NC State. NC State had a positive test. Um, it was funny, Brian, I thought of you because, you know, we always were critical of the testing process and just it's, it's in sports, it's difficult to, to get a handle on others. But so the UConn men check into the hotel on Thursday or they right. play Thursday. So Wednesday, Wednesday afternoon, five o'clock, right? Yeah. Get tested right away. Their game is the next day at seven o'clock. And when they get tested, so they get tested on a Wednesday at five and the test results take 12 to 14 hours to come back. It could be worse. You know, I'm see, seeing people in all across the country waiting in cars and lines for five hours. At least they're not sitting in a car for five hours waiting for testing. But the idea was you may get the test results right as the game is about to start. I know. It's crazy. I mean, you know, it's... And listen, they, they quarantined in the hotel. They had the enti uh, an entire floor of the hotel to themselves. The team did. They weren't allowed to leave their rooms. They could go in the hallway for a team meeting. And that's what they did. They, they put a projector on the, in the hallway and put some film on the, on the wall to look at. Other than that, they weren't allowed to leave the floor. They had to stay in the rooms. They had food brought to them. 
and then they play the game, go back to their room, yada, yada. So They still couldn't play on Saturday. And they still couldn't play on Saturday because NC State had a positive test. Yeah, it's, and number one, number two teams in the country, Gonzaga-Baylor, supposed to be a big early season matchup. Boom, so many tests positive on Gonzaga. I think two guys. Yep. Nah, no game. I turned it on, and they had the announced team standing in an empty arena just telling, telling you what happened. And then they went to the – this is how tough CBS went to the 2019 National Championship game. I saw that. To fill, to fill for the next couple hours. And, so. again, I, 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 Eric, it took me – this is how dumb I am. It took me, like, a minute of having that game on going, oh, this isn't a bad game that they, had, that they at least had this they could go to. And then, like, schmutz. <laughs> this is from last year's national title game, which, by the way, feels like it was five years ago. Oh, my God. It's crazy. Sports in 2020. Yeah, two years ago, national title game. It's not even last year. They didn't have one last year. Oh, right. You're right. Well, okay. Year and a half ago. Yeah. 2019. So. Wild. Listen, like we've talked about, we're keeping our fingers crossed. We're hoping there's light at the end of the tunnel, but it's going to be trying to get, I think college basketball is going to do okay because they could have the flexibility to move things around. Quinnipiac right. played a game today against New Hampshire. And how about this? I mean, this would be a game that I would go to, and you might even go to if you could. Friday night, Quinnipiac is hosting Iona. And why do we care about Iona? Because Rick Patino is coaching for Iona. And I'll tell you what, that place would have been sold out or close to it because people would have gone just to watch Rick Patino coach. I know, yeah, that sounds silly when you say it, but it's true. Yeah, he fills seats. I would have gone to that game. Only if he wore the white suit. I would have won. You know, check it out. But <laughs> remember that back no, in the day? I do remember that. But no, that's a cool thing. Like, I'm always looking like, hey, what, what's a game that I can take my kids to? Because, you know. Yeah not an NBA team around and, you know, what am I going to pay $300 to watch the Knicks play? I don't know if you want your kids sitting too close to that bench when he's coaching, if you know what I'm saying. But I know exactly what you're saying. But, yeah, no, that, that would have been great. And that's a bummer. That would have been fun. Maybe next year. Yeah. So the schedule, like I said, the University of Hartford on Monday afternoon plays a game at 4 o'clock. Uh, I think they're playing Fairfield. And they're actually allowing us to go to the game. So right now UConn does not allow media to the game. Quinnipiac does not allow media to the game, but right now the University of Hartford is allowing media. Um, and what they do is they let us shoot from the concourse area. It's a, it's a small facility that, uh, where they play the arena they play in West Hartford. But they, right. put, they spread us out. You know, the, the, if the four TV stations want to go, they spread us out by about 15, 20 yards. You shoot from the second level, shoot down. You don't get any interviews or anything. You do that by a Zoom. But to actually go to a game, I'm going to go Monday, tomorrow, today, whenever this drops. But Monday afternoon, I'll be at a sporting event for the first time in, a, in quite a while. Wow. Yeah. So uh, It's the new semi-normal. It is somewhat, yeah. So as we're counting down the days to the end of 2020, and thank God. Now, listen, you put on the list here. We're going to go back to football here for a second. But uh, growing up, I was never a big Beatles fan, were you? I was not. I've grown to like them more as I've gotten older to appreciate them, I think. And I think part of it is the Beatles channel on Sirius XM because I'll pop it on once in a while. And you know, they had a lot of hits, but they had a lot of hits. <laughs> I, I, when I, when I say I'm, I wasn't a Beatles fan, I, I'm still not a huge fan of the music, yeah. but so much music that I love, so many bands and musicians that I do love, obviously cite and draw from the Beatles. So I have tremendous respect for that. To me, I always, I always looked at it like Yankees, Red Sox. If you're a Rolling Stones fan, you can't be a Beatles fan, which is silly, but that's how I was growing up. I never cared. Kind of the same way, yeah. You know what I mean? But um, You had to choose. Yeah, but you, you wrote this down on our list of things to talk about, and it's 
40 years, 40 years, the death of John Lennon. And it's pretty, uh, in the sports world, it's kind of a big deal. Tell us why. Well, yeah, John Lennon was killed on December 8th, 1980. Uh, and if you think about it, 1980 means a lot of things, but we certainly know that it means there's no Twitter, there's no social media, there's no internet. And I'm pretty sure there wasn't even a CNN yet. Or there, I think CNN started a year later or about a few months later. Uh, but if it was, it was in its early infancy and was probably not widely available throughout the country. So, you know, you got your news when one of the three major networks, and there was only three of them, did like a breaking news special report or something. It was much, much, much different than the world we lived in. Uh, and Lennon was killed on a Monday night, December 8th, 1980. And that was the night that the Patriots were hosting the Miami Dolphins on Monday Night Football. Frank Gifford, Howard Cosell, and most of America, because that was still back then, you know, huge, huge, huge ratings, Monday Night Football. Everyone was, especially back then, everybody watched Monday Night Football. It wasn't on cable, it was on ABC. Most people found out about John Lennon's death with Howard Cosell breaking into the game very late in the game as the Patriots, I think, were trying to hit a winning field goal to announce that uh, John Lennon had died. And it was pretty dramatic. It's a, it's a clip that you can find on YouTube. It's fairly short, but you can just hear it. And, uh, I don't want to try and like, you know, it's fun to mock Howard Cosell with, oh, it's Howard Cosell, which I'm, and I'm bad at it, as you can hear, but it was a powerful moment. And he's sort of, it's sort of, he's sort of married to that moment, Lennon and Cosell. Yeah, we're going to play, we're going to play that clip for you right now. So take a listen to this and we'll come back and talk about it in a second. An unspeakable tragedy confirmed to us by ABC News in New York City. John Lennon outside of his apartment building on the west side of New York City. The most famous, perhaps, of all of the Beatles. Shot twice in the back. Rushed to Roosevelt Hospital. Dead on arrival. Yeah, so that's it. Pretty powerful. I mean, Cosell had a... You know, he was a ham on the microphone. He dominated the microphone, but, you know, hearing a sports, and, and, and he had been, John Lennon and Yoko had been in the Monday night booth, hadn't they? Was yeah, they, he, had, he had interviewed Lennon, and I want to say around 74, 75. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't remember it off the top of my head, but I've seen the clip where Lennon describing how, you know, he, the curiosity that he found in watching, you know, American, quote unquote, American football. It was a cool clip, and I guess, yeah, it was that was a popular clip. And, uh, yeah, so I think Howard – you know, Howard Cosell, believe it or not, had a huge ego, if you folks don't know. And he said years later, and, I, you know, this sounds very pompous, that he was the right person to tell the world that John Lennon had died. I think that's a little, a little too much, but it was – it is one of those moments. That's how you found th things out back in the day. He uh, – and it was 1974, you were right. That's when he was on Monday Night Football. And that is funny. You could see Cosell being kind of nowadays Mike Francesa-ish. Like, yeah, I, I knew him. You know, we were buddies that one chance meeting. I could see Howard Cosell being the same as the Mike Francesa of this day. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know, if you read books on Cosell and Al Michaels wrote a book, speaking of Al Michaels, wrote a book a few years back that was great. He had some Cosell mentions in his book because he worked with him for several years. Yeah. And, you know, Cosell thought he was above sports. You know, in his world, he should have been, you know, world anchoring the world news, football, calling every big heavyweight fight and, you know, maybe running for president in his, you know, in his mind. Yeah. So, yeah, I definitely, definitely thought he was above the sport and probably figured I was the person to deliver this news to America. And But 40 years ago, and I don't know, I mean, I don't know, to our parents' generation, that had to be a shock because it was just, you know, it was a violent crime, wasn't expected, and 
40 years goes by, goes by fast. And it was June 1st, 1980 that CNN launched. So they'd been on the air about six months. That sounds about right. Yeah. So they were still uh, just a baby in the, in the, that was the first cable news channel. Yep. I've watched a lot about uh, there's been I don't, some documentaries just about uh, the, the death of John Lennon. And the, the thing that always struck me was his bloody glasses and Yoko put his glasses on the, like on the windowsill of their Central Park apartment. And there was a photo of his glasses. You could see it. It's an iconic photo, but the glasses he was wearing when he was shot and killed and they're on her, you know, windowsill at her home. Oh, you know, it's terrible. After, and it's just, it's, it's just an unbelievable piece of art to see that. So. And I think people will still not let that walk by that neighborhood and by that building near Central Park, the Dakota, which is quite, kind of have, has a lot of its own history. There's a book out. I haven't read it yet. About yeah. Just the whole history of that building, the Dakota, and all the different people from all different walks of life, you know, successful people that lived there. But that is, yeah, the glasses thing. That's. And if, and if it wasn't for COVID-19, there'd probably be a fair amount of people um, who would be in New York, you know, reminiscing. Strawberry Fields and Central Park was a favorite spot of him and Yoko. There'd probably be a lot of, there still will probably be a, a decent amount of people there on Tuesday night celebrating his life. So. Yeah. One more thing that COVID took away from us, but yeah, just again, we're marking some weird milestones this year and that's one of them. Yeah. 40 years. I can remember listening to a John Lennon tribute on the radio and that's my only memory of it. Just was shortly after his death. We were car driving somewhere and some FM station was playing, you know, nothing but John Lennon music. So yeah, that's my recollection. So all right, we're going to take one more time out. And then um, I'm looking at your birthday here list here, Brian, just four this week. And I'm telling you right now, I'm going to be stumped on at least three of the four ages. Cause I really have really don't know. Well, you know, we've been doing this day on a little podcast for over a year now. So I try not to repeat the same birthdays every yes. year. So I was trying to, you know, get out there and find some, some ones we hadn't done before. So we'll get that back to that right. in a minute, but uh, let's talk about, uh, sleeping well with all's well we talk about all's well every week uh holiday shopping season is here and right now between now and december 22nd you can shop allswellhome.com and take 15 percent all off all mattresses and 25 percent off everything else at allswellhome.com that means things like bed frames mattress toppers all that jazz and that's great because you know all's well is all about saving money without saving you know without giving up comfort Allswell features hybrid mattress technology. We talk about it every week. Queen mattress is starting as well as $345. $345. Yes, that's correct. That low. That's where they start at. 0% APR financing. Uh, 100, night, 100 night free trial. All types of good stuff. Allswellhome.com. Remember, you can save up to 25% off of mattress accessories and bedding and 15% off mattresses. And remember this code. Home for holidays. That's the word home, the number four, the word holidays. Home for holidays. That's the promo code you want to use. Go to the DBC podcast, click on any one of our episodes, and you'll see a link for allswellhome.com. Clip on that link, start shopping, find your mattress, save with home for holidays. That's your promo code for home for holidays. And use that link and give the EDBC podcast a little love. So shop at Allswell, sleep well and save. Hey, just to circle back, I looked up something else. Patrick Graham, I, I, I wanted to look him up just because I, the high school football thing that we talked about. And also for some, I'm like, there's something else about this guy. He just sounds familiar. Graduated from Yale in 2001. Oh, college boy, eh? Yeah. So there you go. Poor guy. 
Patrick Graham, defensive coordinator for the Giants, with lots of Connecticut connections, which is pretty cool. I don't know. I did not even. I knew not, next to nothing about the guy. I knew he had, had been on the uh, Dolphins staff last year. Had, yep. Did he? Was he a? He does he? Was he an NFL player? Or? Uh, he was undrafted. He doesn't look like he played anywhere. Coached at Wagner, Richmond, Notre Dame, Toledo. He left Toledo after a month to go to the Patriots, so he was a Belichick guy. Okay, okay, okay. makes sense. Joe, the Joe Judge connection. All right. Yeah, and then uh, linebackers coach uh, for the defensive line coach for the Giants. Actually, he he was there before. So 2016, he was a Giants defensive line coach. Then went to Green Bay, and then Miami. He was a defensive coordinator last year for the Dolphins, and now he's with he's the assistant head coach and defensive coordinator. Oh, that's how they got him. They had to because uh, yeah. so. It wasn't a lateral move because they gave him a little head, the, the, uh, assistant head coach title. Correct. 2000, 2002 grad, excuse me, 2002. So. Uh, interesting. Um, well, I did not go to Yale, but also I do have this in common. I also was not, went undrafted in the, in the NFL draft. This is true. I heard that about you. Very nice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, unbelievable. All right, give me some birthdays, man. Let's talk about these birthdays. Uh, you have a, I'll let you go with the list. Tell, hit me. Go ahead. Let's go. Okay, well, listen, uh, we, we talked premature about the premature death of John Lennon 40 years ago. 40 years ago, I'm not sure anyone thought this dude would still be around. would be like, had gone from biting the heads off of bats and chickens to, uh, I think he has a, had a reality show for a while. But Ozzy Osbourne celebrate little bar- birthday today. Ozzy is one of the two people, that, when your intro there, people listening would go, all right, he's talking about Keith Richards. Then you mentioned the bat biting, and he said, oh, that's Ozzy. Yeah, there you uh, go. Keith has a birthday coming up later this month, by the way. So, oh, well, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely give him, you know, we'll, we'll, we will raise a glass. I'm going to guess Ozzy's uh, 73. Ooh, close, 72. Yeah, I, uh, I actually saw a picture of him and Sharon earlier this week. I didn't see what the number was, but I did see it was his birthday. So you're right. The idea that that guy is still around. I did not watch the documentary. Uh, what was it, the Motley Crue one where I guess they were doing some Ozzy stories in that. But look him up. There's plenty of very interesting Ozzy Osbourne stories. Yeah, uh, for his first solo album, forty years ago, uh, forty years, forty years ago, nineteen eighty, and like, wow, he's still around. Good for him. Good for Ozzy. I think he, is that Crazy Train on that? On that, that was Crazy Train. Yeah, very that good. was the Blizzard of Oz album. Yes, Oof. I'm never a big Ozzy guy, but I always respected the hell out of him. He's a great showman. I'm, I'm cold on Ozzy. I like some of his stuff. I was never a huge Sabbath guy. You know, he's Black Sabbath for yeah. original lead singer. Um, but I was okay on some of his stuff. So, but yeah, I mean, good for him still doing, doing his thing at 72. All right. So you go from Ozzy to the next one, which there's no real connection or. I can't, yeah. This is just, a, there's no transition to this. Uh, I might even see her. I used to say her name wrong. I think I finally know it. Kim Basinger. Yes. What's her last movie she's been in that actually anyone would even know. I, I wow. You stumped me. Exactly. Exactly. But you know, we're, we're, Products of the 80s, you and I, and probably a lot of our listeners are, and she was a big deal in the 80s and the 90s. A big deal. Alec Baldwin, right? Married to him? Yeah, I think that, yeah, that's, I'm sure that's several years since they've split up. I know it sucks when Hollywood marriages um, break up, uh, you know, sad. I think they did, didn't they do a, did they, you might not even, maybe I'm. It's out of my wheelhouse. I have no idea. They did like a remake of like The Getaway, which was originally a Steve McQueen movie, but her and Alec Baldwin did it, and it sucked. I don't know. Yeah, I have no idea. How old is Kim? Let me guess. She's Sorry about that. I'll, before I go off, uh, Kim, we'll, we'll 60, take a guess. Sixty. Oh no. How old? She, she wishes. How old? Sixty-seven. Oof. Sixty. Nine and a half weeks. That's her thing, right? She was in nine and a half weeks. Never saw it. 
I never saw it either, but it was very, uh, it was very controversial back in the day. Probably now would be, probably now be a PG-13 on FX. So this next guy, uh, I am not a fan of the team, but I know you are. So is this, is this next athlete celebrating a birthday, is he in the Brian Coleman top three of all time, would you say? For you oh, as a fan? Oh, oh, yes. Number one? Yes. By far? Yes. Who would number two be? I actually have to think about that. Of any sport, right? I'm just saying any sport. You mean in terms of just the person I – You know, who's your favorite you, – you have three favorite athletes of all time. This guy's number one. Who's number two? I don't know. See, I, see, that's how far it is. I could probably say maybe Troy Aikman, but I was, a little, I was in college for Aikman. This goes back to more when I was a kid. Yep. I loved I like Doc Gooden. I loved Doc Gooden when I was a kid. Um, but, yeah, this, is, this would be number one. Put it this way. I, I don't mean to offend anybody, but, like, people think of December 7th, rightfully so, as Pearl Harbor Day. And I'm always like, and I should think of it that way, but I always think of it as this guy's birthday. We are indeed, Brian is from New Hampshire, and so that means he's a Celtics fan, and that means he's talking about Larry Bird. Mm-hmm. Larry Bird. Bird I'm going to guess that Larry Bird is um, hmm. – 53? No, 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 63. Very close, 64. Yeah. I was trying to do the math. I know 1979 was his rookie year, so I was guessing he was about 22. Right. Bird some, magic. That's Seven a magic. Bird magic. Same yeah. year. Uh, Larry Legend. Yeah. I, I Listen, you know, I, I get into arguments with younger guys all the time who, you know, leave someone like Larry Bird, like, out of their top 20 of all time and because they never saw him play. Some 25-year-old telling me that Steph Curry's better than Larry Bird. Listen, Steph Curry's great, but he's not better than Larry Bird. No, no he's not. No. You, get, you get that sometimes, Magic, too, we're, because now we're old guys. You know, people say, well, I, what, what about, you know, it's like me trying to say, like, uh, Oscar Robertson wasn't great because I didn't see him play. I mean, uh, come on. Don't. I, 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 know, I, know, I know my wheelhouse. I, I'm not going to try and do that so don't just Larry Bird don't just magic you know don't do that and that's why I get so mad when people argue about LeBron and Michael Jordan and well Michael's got more championships well you know, Bill Russell's got more than Michael why isn't he well you know he was a center and, you know he played a long time ago so what you know, yeah, I, that shouldn't define what it is you, you know when you see it you have to see it if you haven't seen it just you know yeah I'm not my digress because I'm starting to go off on a tangent but yeah Bird Magic, you know, ushered in the, the new era of the NBA, saved the NBA. You ever uh, see him play in person? Which that, I saw him play in person several times. Really? All right. I was lucky enough to uh, have my dad had to do some new couple guys who, who had, had could throw him some tickets sometimes. Yep. Saw him play several Friday. The Celtics, and they still do, but especially in the 80s, the Celtics always, almost always played a Friday night home game. Yep. Many Friday nights, my dad would pick me up, would leave work early, pick me up, and we'd drive it to Boston. So how, far, how far of a ride was it? We were in southern New Hampshire, so it was just about an hour. No, that's not bad. Not far. I, I remember I kicked myself for not going, but with the Celtics, believe it or not, would play maybe three or four home games a year. Hartford. Hartford. And if you look back, one of Larry's most famous shots where he shot the ball over the backboard when he was kind of falling out of bounds was in the Hartford Civic Center. So those are always, Yeah, those are always like weird games. Yep. And there was always like against like the Atlanta Hawks. It was never like they were playing Cleveland, like the, you know, they never, they, yeah, they were never playing like the Knicks. They were never playing the Knicks or, you know, Dr. J. Yeah. They, <laughs> no, that was for the, that, those were the, for the Cavalier home games. The Sacramento Kings versus the Boston Celtics tonight in Hartford. Thanks for coming. The Kansas City Kings, my friend. You know what I mean? Jesus. Yeah. But yeah, Larry Bird, uh, 
was I also had a decent coaching career. Yep. Um, you know, strange looking dude, but man, he was a hell of a player. Hell of yep. a player. One of, the, one of the biggest trash talkers of all time. Yep. So Larry Legend, anyway. that was good. Anyway. Happy birthday. Happy birthday, uh, Mr. Bird, sir. You and then now you're gonna drive me down another nowhere to segue on this one. You should have put this woman before Larry after Kim if you're building a rundown as the former producer you are. Yeah, I do, I built my rundown based on age, oldest to youngest, but maybe that's a clue I shouldn't do. So from now on, I'll try and group it together, a la a producer, so the transitions are easier. Is that is that better? Yeah, talented actress we go who has an Academy Award, I believe. Correct. Uh, she does. Uh, uh, if there's such a thing as a controversial Best Supporting Actress Academy Award, I guess this one was it. I don't remember who she beat, to be honest with you. I don't know, and I don't care. <laughs> but I'll tell you, I don't even remember her for that movie. I remember her more for her role later in life on Seinfeld. Oh, I forgot. That's bad on me. I forgot all about that. Yeah. Well, let's say who it is. Marissa Tomei celebrating a birthday. Yeah, Marissa Tomei on Seinfeld when George was engaged and she – they set George up on a date with her. Just it's classic. Watch it if you haven't it's seen. Classic. It. He had a a, a, a a celebrity crush and was Marissa Tomei. It was great. Yeah. The movie we're talking about was My Cousin Vinny. Correct. It's a great movie. It still stands up. Joe Pesci actually good in a comedy. It's it still stands up well. Um, easy rewatch if it's on TV. Um, yeah, she won the act like her first big role. She won Best Supporting Actress. Yeah. And sort of like this is the. The movie version of like the Knicks, uh, the mix Patrick Ewing frozen envelope cons conspiracy theory on this is that Jack Palance or Jack Palance, however you said his name, Palance. Who, Jack Palance, who was presenting the award, accidentally read her name when he announced the winner, and it was supposed to have been somebody else. Really? Yes. Never to be proven. Much like we'll never know if the Knicks uh, envelope in the draft shuttle was really frozen. I had never heard that story. I had no idea. Well, it's a good thing you're here. So, you know, we can, I can educate you and the viewers on nonsense. Wow. So best supporting actress she won. Um, she's, a, I would say in her mid fifties, was she like 55, something like that? You really, you just, except for, except for, you know, knocking some years off Kim, you doing pretty good this, this week, 56. Yeah. I figured she's in that, you know, eight to 10 years older than me type of seven to eight years older than me. There you go. Again, okay, it, it makes me feel old. So how uplifting. Ooh, well, that was a good list, man. Different list. I, I, I always like talking about Larry Bird because I don't think he, you, you mentioned that they don't get enough respect for guys like that who just dominated and changed the game back in the eighties. So. Changed the game, saved the NBA, saved a professional basketball in this country. So next, next, this coming week, we had some more NFL during the week. Uh, I, saw, I, okay. laughed, I, I saw Anthony Davis arriving at NBA training camp today, which I said, I, we, know. I mean, really? Didn't we just end this? Oh my God. It was so funny. So and like Portland just shut down their facility for like a week because yeah. of COVID. Like, can't we, like, can we wait till January and just let things calm down? Whatever, dude. They're going to try and crank it up. And the Celtics are part of the Christmas Day schedule, I believe, just in a couple weeks. Yeah, they have like a five-game five Christmas Day schedule. Uh, the Celtics are playing the Nets, uh, Kyrie and Kevin Durant Nets. Yep. And, you know, the usual suspects. Lakers are playing, Bucks are playing. Fun for the whole family. Good times. I can't wait. I know I'll be just right up against the TV waiting to watch those games. Good luck. A little bit, a little bit of sarcasm from Eric. So yeah, he will not be tuned into uh, Bucks Celtics five thirty on Christmas night. Will not, will not. So, all right, man. Let's see if we can get through another week. Hopefully, uh, people stay safe out there. And um, where can we hear this podcast, Brian? 
Oh, all types of places. Where do you like to get a podcast from? Oh, you like Apple Music? Apple Music? <laughs> We're there. Hey, Spotify, you ever hear of them? We're nope. there. All right. Amazon Music's got a thing now. We're there. iHeartRadio? Yeah, they do podcast tunes, not just radio. Look at, they have a podcast section. Look us up. We're there. And tell a family friend. We make a really, really inexpensive gift. Listen, write a damn review. That could be our gift to us. Write a view, review. Write a review. There you go. All right, man, we did another week in the books for the EDBC podcast. I'm Eric Dobratz. He's Brian Coleman. Until next week, Brian, say goodbye. See ya.